0: Everyone and welcome back to the News Agent Podcast powered by Goodlord. My name is Andrea Wilmington, and I'm the Senior Content Manager here at Goodlord. Today's podcast is a recording of our webinar with Agent Rainmakers Sally Lawson and Kate Gregory, who spoke to Goodlord's Director of Customer Success, Tom Goodman, about six ways letting agents can increase their profits this year. Let's get into it.
1: we are very excited today to be talking to you guys uh good lord and agent rainmaker around six ways to increase your letting agencies profits so just before i introduce the dynamic duo uh infamously referred to as the ant and De- of lettings uh kate and Sally, who are going to run through six main ways that you can um drive these profits within your letting agencies uh, we've got a Q&A box down at the bottom, would really encourage if you have any questions throughout to just pop them in there and then we've got a designated section right at the end where we'll be able to ask some of those questions uh, to, to uh, Sally and Kate and um, uh, otherwise uh, what I think I might do is is, is hand over to them and uh, let them kick off and, and help you with these uh, driving revenue profits within your business.
2: Hello Tom and thank you very much, what a lovely introduction, how are you, how are you doing, you okay, you good?
1: I'm I'm very well. How are you guys doing? I'm excited oh, about this.
2: We're very excited. We love a good webinar, don't we, Kate? We love helping people grow their businesses. If
0: it doesn't happen on Zoom nowadays, it doesn't happen, does it? So that's very, exactly, true.
1: Exactly right. very true. Although <laughs> f- fingers, fingers crossed we are going to come off Zoom soon and, and you guys are looking to do that in September, am I right?
2: That, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yes. Although I, I think I might miss it a little bit, to be fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I like to be around people.
0: I can't wait for a big old, good old event again.
2: <laughs> yeah, that'd be. Like, I know you're looking for Hugging Day. That's what you're looking forward to on Monday, isn't okay, it? Twenty first of June. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Let's click this show on the road Then let's get it going. Okay. So we're here to talk to you about how you can grow the profits in your agency. Now, one of the things that we've identified, just to give you a little bit of heads up, I've been in the industry for 30 years. I've been a letting agent since 1990. I know I don't look old enough. Um, I know it's scary, isn't it? I've also been a franchisor for 10 years. I also run a white label management tenancy hub and I was all of president as well. So it's fair to say I've met a few letting agents over the years. And what I've noticed is that uh, so many of them really struggle with getting good profits out of their business. I mean, if you notice the lack of headlines of X amount of huge profits from the letting agency industry? It's just not there. And so I made it my mission a few years ago, around 2016, because we had the tenant fee ban then, to say, right, we need to make more money with our businesses, and we need to squeeze that juice, and we need to make more profits. And this has been my mission since that time. We actually have a mission to help agents grow their businesses to fifty percent profit. That's where we wanna get agents to. That's our goal. We've already got a few to over fifty percent. We've got loads to over thirty percent. And we're really pleased by that. And we're gonna keep banging that drum and keep that mission until we can get the, the lettings industry as a whole to thirty percent as a norm. And that's where we wanna to get to. And we know how to do it. And we're gonna share with you our top six things on how you can do that in your business too. Now, Kate, over to you. What do you why do people need to make more profit? What well, what's the point? Why we don't well, need to make money? Money's a dirty word. You
0: say because- because, yeah, we don't get, you don't see a lot of letting agents featured in the Financial Times talking about their huge profit share for 2020 and things like that. It just doesn't happen. And for some reason, this industry um, on the front line, which is obviously selling and letting a property, we don't sort of run it as proper businesses, do we? You know, we're sitting here talking to Goodlord, which is a you know, big company servicing agents up and down, the uh, you know, the UK. And they are probably talking about profits and profit share and market share and things like that. But we don't do it. do we as little letting agents we don't tend to do it and for some reason we've fallen into the habit of acting like customer service agents and we've got to remember and this whole campaign we're on at the moment for rebuild for profit is to look at it as a business your business owners guys this is a business opportunities and what do you do when you when you have a business it is a vehicle for helping you make profit making money and that's okay we're allowed to do that that is okay and I think in the industry as a whole especially let it's always been a bit. Ooh, it's a bit of a taboo subject, isn't it?
2: And one of the myths that's out there at the moment is that in order for letting agents to make more profit, there's one thing they need. And they believe that is just to get more landlords on. And what we've seen over the years is letting agents get loads and loads more landlords on, but then they're still not making any money. And so, in fact, the answer, yes, of course, we all want to get more landlords on. I'm going to share with you some tips on how to do that. But actually, it's not just about that. It's making sure that you're making profit with every landlord that you take on. It's a bit like selling a can of beans for Sainsbury's. If they were buying it at 10p and selling it at 8p, they ain't going to make no profit if they sell another. 100 cans of beans. And it's exactly the same here. So we're going to share with you some top tips on how you can squeeze the profit out of your business. And and some of the things that we share with you here, they can happen really, really quick as well. I mean, so many people have have transformed their business in literally just a few weeks. So number one, we're going to talk to you about lead generation. Now, this is one of those hush hush conversations that people have in the different networking events. Like, What do you do to get new landlords? And it's like there's a big secret as to what we all do for to get new landlords. But let me just share something with you. We're all doing the same stuff. (laughs) Everyone Everyone's writing to the empty properties, everyone's sending out leaflets, cold calling, power hour. They're doing all the things that they've always done. And I'll be honest with you, 30 years ago, I was doing the same, except I wasn't emailing because we didn't have email in those days. But pretty much we were doing exactly the same then as we are now. And it shocks me that not a lot has changed. And yet, if you actually look out as what other businesses are doing in other industries across the world, which is what I spend most of my time doing, I call it business hacking, looking at what other industries are doing and other countries are doing, there is so much more we can do to explode the leads into our business. Now, around 18 months ago, November 2019, we launched on the market something called Funnels. Now, Funnels is something that I've been very dear to my heart since I launched my book in 2015. In fact, that award up there is for a $1 Pound funnel. I'm one of the only real estate agents in the UK to hold a million pound funnel award from ClickFunnels, and we love funnels. And we launched this in 2019 out to the market to help agents to start to really generate loads and loads of leads into their business, because the challenge we have at the moment is that it's very feast and famine we have to get on the phone then we get a few leads and then we get busy and we don't do anything for a while and then we send some leaflets out and we get a few leads and then we don't do anything for a while there's no real control and Kate it's all about getting that control like a dashboard isn't it turn it up turn it down get more in get more choose what sort of landlords you want that's where we want to be isn't it
0: I think it's crazy as well because, as letting agents, we're incredibly good at multitasking. That's kind of the essence of this business, is stuff happening all over the place that they're ever so good at doing a million things at once. And yet, when it comes to marketing, it's absolutely as you say, where are we going to do that? We're going to send 10,000 leaflets, and that's we've done our marketing for the month. Check. And then you sort of sit and wait, and you might get a couple in or something. Right. What are we doing now? We're going to do that. We're going to send that letter. Brilliant. We'll send that letter. Great. And then we do something else. And the idea with marketing now is it's not the same as it was 20 years ago. And I remember working in branches when I first started, Senega, the phone would ring and a landlord would be at the end of the phone saying, hello, could you let my property? I mean, you'd fall off your chair now, wouldn't you? It's so much harder. So what you have to do is have things going on in all different areas, um, generating leads. You know, we've got companies like Goodlord, where we are today, who have obviously a landlord generating tool and they have inquiries coming in. Brilliant. Then you've got a funnel running. Brilliant. Then you've got ads running. Brilliant. You're doing videos, live webinars, you've got to spin all your plates all at once. Um, and you've got to take back control of it. Because the thing with, with, you know, leaflets and letters, Sally, is, yes, I know I could argue that they do work and you might get a few inquiries back, but you've got no control. You've got no fallback. You've got no follow-up. You've got no chasing. You've got nothing, really. You're sending stuff out into the ether, and then you sort of sit and wait.
2: And it's what just not... Exactly. What can you do? Doesn't so let's it. talk about what you can do. Okay, I imagine that most of you have got like a valuation tool on your website. So one of the great things that you can do is really promote that. Take that valuation tool off your website, put it on a single page, start running Google ads, start running Facebook ads, start driving traffic to that, and you will see a massive increase in the number of leads that come through to your business. We're seeing just for the £5 a day spend, £5 a day spend, you can get as many as 20 new leads every single day. Now, if you're doing sales and lettings, It's about a 25 to 75% split. So around 75% will be sales leads. 25% will be lettings leads. But that's just one very easy tip on really getting a load of leads. Now, you want to see it so that leads are coming into your inbox so that your listers have people to call every day. They just have people to call. They don't have this oh, there's no one to ring. I've phoned everybody. They need to have that constant stream of leads coming in. And that's just one very simple way. But we can go a lot more advanced than that. And what I really like to do is to choose what sort of landlords I want. Because we've all got, and tell me in the chat, I bet you've got a landlord. I don't know his name, but I bet you've got a landlord that you wished you hadn't got. And we've all got them. And so we want to be able to choose the sort of landlords that we get through. Maybe you want more buy-to-let landlords that want to buy property, so you can help them source properties. Or maybe you want more... Or let-only land, or so that you can convert them into fully managed one of the biggest markets out there at the moment, by the way, guys. Or maybe you want more landlords that are on with other agents. And depending on what sort of landlord you want, you can create a different funnel for each type, whether it's an opt-in funnel or a download funnel. Or one of the things that we absolutely love is landlord webinars. We did one last night. We had 250 landlords attend our webinar last night for, for legislation updates and helping them and serving them. And basically, we offer them an opportunity to jump in and have a health check. And we'd normally get about 40 or 50 people opt into that. That's 40 or 50 lead opportunities we can now work with and nurture to convert those into fully managed. And that's just one example of lead generation. But why do people not want to let go of the lead, of leaflets and the... the, the, the so this is one of my favourite points things
0: that, that you just like said, Sal, actually, was the fact that choosing who you're going to talk to is so important because if you market to everyone at once, you don't market to anyone. And I think that's hugely valuable here because what people do is they start with generating, we need more landlords, that's all we need, that'll save our business this absolutely right we need to we need to tell them about everything we offer in this one post right now because my god what if the investor does not read it and we haven't told them about investing and what if the you know oh my god right and so they put everything into there and it becomes a sort of lukewarm diluted message and it doesn't actually connect with anyone but this fear of it's like FOMO marketing isn't it like fear of missing out marketing it's it's crazy so what we're talking about here is really specifically directly talk to people on an individual basis. Now, this doesn't mean that you haven't got 15 different posts talking to 15 different avatars going out there, but people just are getting it so wrong. And they're just not remembering that at the end of the line, these are people and these are people with problems that you can solve and just start talking to them specifically. People get themselves so worked up about marketing, don't they? And they want this sort of magic light bulb to be able to switch on. We want more leads. What do we do? Who do we sign up with? How, who's got the answer? But actually you've got the answer. If you've been in business and you've been doing this for, you know, five, 10, 15 years, you know who that person is. You know what you're doing. You know what the market is. Just, just talk to them like normal humans. That's, that's really the only secret here
2: there was a there's a recent uh, uh, study came out that says that 60% of landlords are now choosing the let only option or self managing option as opposed to fully managed option and that i believe is one of the biggest markets we have right now and let only to fully manage conversion if there's a shortage of landlords in your area it gives you an untapped market because most letting agents are ignoring them guys get on that phone start talking to them build a funnel to attract them get them onto a webinar whatever you need to do and start talking to them about the risks they're taking by self managing it's a massive massive opportunity we're converting about 15 to 20 every single month in our branch at the moment and that's you know as many lets as we're doing and sometimes more than the lets that we're doing as a result of having those conversations So start thinking about that it's a great a great tactic to get on with now we need to move on to the next section because i know tom's gonna be going sally time sally time (laughs) all right so the next thing i want to talk about is is conversions now kate is the queen of conversions and conversion conversations now if you think about what we've always done in the last 30 years we're a little bit one trick pony our our sales hook is would you like a free valuation (laughs)
0: free (laughs) Free, guys come on
2: Really? Game's up, guys. They know. Yeah. They know. <laughs> we need a few new ones, all right? We need a new few techniques in order to convert them, all right? So I'm not, I haven't got time to go through them all here, but just an example. We were talking about let only to fully manage conversion there. You know, a great one here is to say, you're a let only landlord. I'm really concerned about the changes in legislation. I'm worried that you may not be compliant. I'm willing to offer you a free compliance health check. When you're free, we can do this on Zoom or face-to-face. I want to go through things with you. And you start to have a conversation about the things they've got wrong and the the risk that they're taking, trust me, you will convert them. Now, that is one example of a conversion conversation. There are many different types of conversion conversation, uh, whether it's different conversion conversations to win instructions and get high value fees, changing your technique around that. We do something called Hustle Hour, which is rather than doing the old Power Hour, which is, oh, have you got any more properties? Have you got any more properties? Start actually changing your language and technique and give them something first, invite them to something first, ask them if they know anybody else that might want to come to your webinar, and then. then. Then go in and ask them. So start using different techniques and start to become a little bit more sales savvy. Because as Kate said right at the beginning of this conversation, we've become service entrepreneurs. We just providing a service. And we're doing a fantastic job of that. That's, what's our, that's, that's our bloodline. That's who we are. That's what we are. But actually, we've got to switch the salesman inside of us on. We've got to turn it on. We've got to start delivering really good quality salesmanship. Else we're not going to get there. So conversion conversations, there's some great techniques out there about converting from social media using Messenger. There's some great techniques out there about using text messages. And there's some great techniques out there from using webinars and LANL seminars and things like that. But again, the language needs to be different. You can't just go, do you want a free valuation? And think about it. If you've got a landlord who's a buy-to-let and wants to buy property, he doesn't even own a house yet. So there needs to be a completely different conversation for that particular person there as well. All right, I'm going to move on to number three. And we're talking about what we charge. Now, this was a real light bulb moment for me, actually, because obviously I've been around in this game a long time. And what we've seen over the years is what we charged in 1990 was around 15, 17%, something like this. So it's up here. And, you know, we were one agent of one in the town. And over the years, what's happened is, you know, letting agents have charged less. They've started to compete with the agent down the road that's doing it for 3%. And the fees have gone down. The fees have gone down. But the challenge that we have is during this same period, just think about the gas regulations, electric regulations, fire furniture regulations, the EPC regulations, the Homes and Fitness Standards, the HHSRS, all the change relations, the Immigration Act, the deregulations Act, all those stuff going on legislation has gone like this so we have this situation our income is going down legislation is going up they might say well what is that relevant to income well think about it what we sell is time what we sell is time. And what that means is the more things we have to do to move a tenant into a property, the more time it takes. So if you're still operating on the same fee structure that I was 30 years ago, because we've all copied each other over the last three decades, then it's fair to say that you're not going to be making as much profit because when I set that fee structure up in 1990, all I had to do was photocopy a piece of paper and hand them the keys. Nowadays, of course, as good Lord knows, and they're fantastic software that takes you through this in whole diatribe of things that have to be done, which is eye-watering, and um, we know it's so much more work now than it ever used to be. And also risk and liability as well. So we have a situation where our income has gone down, our workload has gone up. And of course, that means our profit margins have squeezed, which is why the average letting agency at the moment is around 10% profit margin. And so the only way to turn this tide is to actually start to increase the fees that we charge and to decrease the workload. Now, Goodlord is a phenomenal tool for reducing workload. We absolutely support softwares like Goodlord, because if they can take it away from manual work, then that's absolutely phenomenal. That's just one thing that you can do, but a phenomenal thing. But there's lots of other things you can do. And one of the things that we've made myself and Kate have noticed is that letting agents seem to do a lot of favours, don't they, Kate? They seem to do, we yep. call it Free, free. And, you know, we find that tenancy managers are going out cleaning and moving rubbish and moving washing machines and these sort of things, which really puts the business at risk. You're not insured for that. They're not trained for that. The car isn't on the business insurance. They're not dressed for that. They don't know how to carry a washing machine. You've got vicarious liability, personal liability, and opportunities for the landlord to sue you, or even the tenant to sue you, and the damage items, and the list just goes on. And yet we're doing all of this stuff for free. So the thing I want you to consider is what is your hourly rate that you need to be charging for every hour of your time? Because it seems when we attach an hourly rate in our mind, to our hour. And we start saying, oh, I'm just going to move that rubbish. Well, that's two hours out of your time, Mr. Tenancy Manager. You you cost us £50 an hour for you to sit in this building with the office premises and the insurance and the software and the computers and everything else we have to pay for you to sit there is about £50 an hour. So that moving rubbish is going to cost me as a company £100. Kate, people don't get this, do they? No, they don't. And I think they, they're so
0: caught up about the fact that, oh, but we charge a management fee. So that's, thats you know, what does that mean? What's that included? But a lot of these fees, as you quite rightly say, Sal, have not been put up in, you know, a number of years. And then actually, in fact, in the last 20 years have gone down. So it doesn't make really make any sense. We live in a world where so many companies are putting fees up all the time, inflation rates and fees are going up every, every you know, every month for stuff that we pay. And we're happily accepting that as a consumer, which is fine. It's the way of the World. But yet, as letting agents, we're still sitting on managing a property that we've been managing for Mr. Bloggs for 10 years at a rate of 6%. But oh my God, heaven forbid we rock the apple cart and let him know that perhaps we might need to charge a little bit more because our workload has tripled. You know, Um, there's a lot of people that have these conversations with their landlords who are actually grateful and understand because we provide incredible service guys we should value that understand what we're doing see the value in that and charge accordingly we're going to get to a point and we're starting to get to that point already where people are thinking and devaluing what we're doing and thinking it's actually all we're doing is photocopying that piece of paper because to be honest with you six percent what else you're going to get for that so if we don't if we're not careful and catch up with ourselves we're actually going to devalue what we're doing ourselves with
2: the fees that we're charging so well, when you say value your time when you say increase fees the most letting agents like oh my god i'm going to lose all my landlords yeah. and i get it i understand it's a real fear but i can just if you just want to put one other thing out there over the last five years we've been helping agents increase their revenue and that is not just increasing the standard monthly management charge it's also charging for the extra bits that you do it's stopping doing the stuff that you're doing for free, free, because you're not insured for it. So you shouldn't be doing it anyway. It's a whole process of increasing the general income into the business, which may be done in many, many different ways, but also reducing the stuff that you shouldn't be doing. So if you reduce the stuff you shouldn't be doing, you increase the revenue that you're charging overall in whichever format you want to be, whether you start a charge for inspections or inventories or check-ins or check-outs or whatever the case may be, that profit margin starts to squeeze and starts to grow. And it's about then the techniques on how to do that. But we haven't got time for that. But when it comes down to fees, it really is, if you look at most business models of letting agents now, it doesn't work anymore. Fundamentally, we have to do too much for the money that we charge. And that's why we're we're running on this skint hamster wheel, not making enough money or enough money that we should be making at 30 or 50% profit margin. We're not making it because we're just doing too much for our for, for the work that we have to do, and we're just not charging enough money for it. So, so fees is a real thing. It's a contentious issue because no doubt there'll be loads of questions going. Yeah, but I'm going to lose all my landlords, and my landlords won't take that. And your your minds will be going. It wouldn't work in my area, Sally. You know, I've heard it all over the last five years. Everybody said that to me, and they've gone on and done it, and they've gone on and made half a million or a million extra revenue, or 100k extra revenue, whatever, depending on the size of their business. They've gone on and they've done it. So we know it works. It's just how you do it. You don't just go out there and say right, putting a lot fees up because you are going to get a backlash. It's about how you do it. But certainly, consider it, and you know seek some knowledge and some information on how to increase your fees definitely worthwhile. Good Lord also is a great tool as well, and should be you should be promoting that and pushing that and the value that that's adding to their client, to your clients as well
0: so fees really as well because um, using a product and outsourcing to a company like Good Lord or to you know outsourcing and systemizing so much of your business will stop your people, your staff spending their time doing the things that isn't revenue generating because that's what happens. They fill their time with all this stuff because they think that's the job that needs to be done. And yet there's no value in that and there's no increase in, in the business. So systemizing will take that away, giving the time for front end and for business generation and for growth, which again is going to help you raise profits and looking for these opportunities to make more money and increase fees and get extra services and layers and things, which I know we're going to talk about next. So. I think
2: one of the challenges is that people just see things like that and 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 hiring an outsourced person to remove the rubbish and stuff like that as a cost, but it isn't. You've got to bear in mind that that member of staff doing something for an hour to two hours is a cost. Now, when I was on the board of Arla, we did an assessment. I don't know if you know this, Tom, but we did an assessment on how long it takes to move a tenant into a property, what the average time it was, and on our research we came across that it was 17 hours it takes us to get a tenant moved into property. Now, I know Good Lord seriously reduces that, oh, yeah. so. You you work out the cost of good load versus the cost of actually spend paying fifty pounds an hour for somebody to sit there to do that for seventeen hours, it, it, it's 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 Better than free. It's saving you money. It's making you money. But you've got to look at every single angle in your business. If you're doing inspections are free, images are free, check-ins are free, checkouts are free, deposit registrations, moving rubbish, meeting the clients, going to court, doing section 21s, deposit adjudications. Honestly, crikey. And you're charging £50 a month. <laughs> it's insane. Well,
0: people go, aha, but I'm charging my 10% money. But that, does that sound like £50 a month worth mm. of work? You can't I mean, even get a contractor out for that. Lily, you just wouldn't, would you? But yet letting agents are doing that every single day and justifying it themselves because that is the way that we've always done it in this industry but that doesn't mean that it's right and it doesn't mean that we can't change it and as Sally quite rightly says we have been working with agents over the last five years and hundreds of them now are changing that and and so it, it is possible you've just got to be brave and make that step
2: and learn how to do it properly as well mm-hmm. okay the next thing I want to talk about is additional services and um One one of the things that I've noticed in the, the bigger business world out there over the last few years of business hacking is that so many companies offer upsells. Now, have you noticed that when you go into Amazon, you always get that little thing at the bottom? People who bought this also bought this? Have you ever clicked on it? Yeah, it's because like how I fool
0: for you though. It's freaky, isn't it? I don't it like
2: is. that. It follows you around the internet, the thing that you were looking at. It's like, oh my God, it's following me everywhere. Yeah, there's upsells everywhere. You go into Sainsbury's or, or you missed these items out of your shopping cart. You know, have you ever been in to buy a car and you think, oh, I'm just going to buy the base model. And by the time you come out, you've got a four litre supercharged, something with red rims. You know, we've all been upsold. And yet letting agents go, your lettings or management, and that's it. There's nothing else. So, really start to consider how you can add additional services. Think about how you can side sell, cross sell, upsell start thinking you have a valuable asset that you're sitting on a gold mine and you have an opportunity to offer financial services maybe. I mean, I built an entire business out of refurbishments. I bought 450 properties for clients over five years. I did 250 refurbs. And I can tell you now I was making more profit from that than the letting agency over a period of time. So you can really side sell and cross sell and offer additional services. Even if you just refer to other people and get kickbacks, that's an option. You know, but start thinking about how you can add additional levels. Think refurbishments furniture packs. Buy the furniture trade. You can mark the price up two or three times. And it's still cheaper than the landlord can buy it from the shops. Uh, think about how you could source properties for people. There's a great market for people wanting to buy at the moment. It depends on the area you're in. Some areas are better than others. But there is a you know a great market out there generally for your landlord to want to buy if you're in a good returns area. Um, there's so much you can do. So start thinking about that. But also you can do additional services within your existing product line. So you could do upgraded inventories, upgraded inspections, upgraded marketing boosts on social media. You could do upgraded landlord login opportunities. Uh, Maybe you do the accounts for them or or whatever. So you can start thinking about additional upsells and side sales as well. Stop being a one-trip pony. Don't just stick with loans and management. Start thinking about how you can have those additional service and then productize. It's like McDonald's, isn't it? You go in and say, can I have, well, I haven't been in for years, but I assume they still do this. You walk in and say, "Uh, can I have a a chicken burger, please? And they say, would you like a chicken burger meal, madam? And you go, all right, then you an extra 50p or whatever it is. And you get the get the full meal. It's exactly the same, but letting agents haven't got with a program yet. It's just basic fundamental marketing that every other business in the world is using. And we need to be thinking about how we can upsell and side sell. So it's crazy how people don't do this, isn't it?
0: It is crazy. And I think it's people always saying to me when we talk about this, when I'm coaching them about what we haven't got anything. We haven't got anything to add. We haven't got a product. We haven't got that. But it's like Sally says, our, our, you know, what we sell, our our commodity is time. So you've got that. You've got your time. You've got your knowledge. And you've got what you're already doing. It's just about putting it together in different ways and packaging it and then obviously charging for it. So in order to be able to create something of value to sell, um, to sell on as a service, you need to put it together and name it. Give it a name. Give it a charge and then you can put it together and push it out there. You're all doing all of these things already at the moment. We're just not putting it into sort of smart marketing ways, bundle offers, packages, deals, things like that. We don't do anything like that in the letting agency world. And, and there's no reason why we can't. Every other successful business does. So you've already got these services. There's nothing new when not asking you to build anything new or create anything. You just need to put them out there in a different way.
2: Um, Okay, so the fifth one. So what we've covered so far, just to recap or reset the room, as they say on Clubhouse. Um, Okay, first of all, we're going to do lead. We talked about lead generation. We talked about automation. Uh, We talked about conversions and those conversion conversations and not just going, do you want a free valuation? And just expanding that and having a repertoire, depending on the landlord and where the lead came from and what you're trying to achieve. We talked about fees and we talked about how so many people are doing free, free and free stuff and how we can really increase the fee levels in your business the overall income level in your business without working harder. And in fact, stopping doing the free and the free, free stuff by actually working less. And then we started to talk about additional services, refurbs, mortgage, buy-to-let advisory, furniture packs, things like that. So what's number five? Number five is additional layers. Now, it's really, this is really interesting. This is going to blow your mind and you're going to go, "Sally, I don't believe you. That's fine. I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, one of the things that we recognize is, again, is loans and management. Most letting agents have a let-only service fully managed service and some agents have a rent collect only service somewhere in the middle. So there's three levels of service. That's what you've got. And what happens is um if you go onto the landlord appointment, so many people do the crazy thing of asking landlords what service they want. You should be prescribing what service they want. You're the expert, not them. But anyway, they go and ask what service they want and that's it. And because at the point of valuation a lot of landlords are like, oh, can you be so-and-so down the road, you know, at 8%. And there's this real focus on fees at the point of valuation. Most letting agents believe that you can't charge more. However, for the last four years, we've been uh, introducing and had a lot of agents go out and do a VIP layer. The results have been pretty phenomenal. here's the theory behind it. Ask yourself this question. Are you a lodge person or are you a Savoy hotel person? We're all different. We're all different. I, I have stayed in Travelodge. It was not the best experience of my life. But if I had a choice and the option was there and it wasn't ridiculously break the bank expensive, I would stay in the Savoy. And there's so many people that will do that. For example, have you ever paid to go in the go fast lane at the airports? Do you remember airports? It's a thing we used to do years ago. Yeah. Um, but have you ever paid in the go fast lane to beat the queues? Absolutely. Have you ever paid to go in the VIP lounge, the private areas where you can have free drinks and coffee and get away from the masses. All right, those sort of people will pay for VIP. So if you've only got one service, you're a bit of a one trick pony. And what they say in the marketing world, and it is absolutely true, if you have three services, the majority of people will go for the middle one. If you have two services, we we'll get this right way around, two services, then most people will go for the bottom one, which is let only. So I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you haven't got a VIP layer. And this VIP layer needs to be the things that make somebody feel important. So things like you'll get a one-to-one consultation every year about your portfolio, we'll review the portfolio, we'll review the maintenance spend on your and we'll look at different ways to to uh, increase the income on your portfolio. You'll get one dedicated tenancy manager, whatever. You build these one-to-one things in to make them feel really special. It's the Savoy effect. And what we found on the people that have done this, around 30% of landlords will go for VIP if you offer it. Now, if you don't offer it, you're never going to sell it. But if you do offer it, what if? What if you could have... 30% 30% of your landlords paying 5% more. And so start thinking about your different layers. Could you add a VIP layer? Another layer, which I really like, is the DIY layer, which is the bottom layer, which is a, it's a do-it-yourself layer, which, what do you mean do it yourself? Well, we'll do the basics, which is basically like rent collect only type thing, but call it do-it-yourself. What do you mean? And you start explaining all the things that are going to have to do yourself. So start thinking about how you could have different layers in your business as well. It really does make a difference, doesn't it, Case Some real successes. Yeah, and there's so many different,
0: things that you can put into that top layer and you're quite right you're talking about aeroplanes I just want to talk about aeroplanes really because I want to go somewhere and it's been like forever but you know on on aeroplanes you have 80-85% of the seating that's you know that's kind of you you know your economy and you know for the the masses kind of thing and then there's that sort of little top part of the pain which is you know for the upper class now don't get me wrong I'm not saying that we think all your landlords would be able to afford 15-18% for this top VIP layer but there will be that 20% that, that is out there that want that kind of service so it's definitely worth offering that um, and looking at the different layers and also it's about price juxtapositioning so making the one look better than the other because we all know that most people will be comfortable at that sort of you know fully managed level uh, you know that that we're offering in, in in the middle there but it's about making it look good and as you say at the moment having just the sort of two basic layers isn't really enough anymore because there's so much stuff that we can bundle into that top layer um, that again doesn't have to cost you anything there are already things you're doing Portfolio reviews, you know, annual tax statements, stuff like that. You know, um, one of the things that we look at doing is obviously rental guarantee insurance. Not putting that in the package, but only offering that to managed clients. Um, you know, and I know that's something that, that Good Lord can help you with and offer. But again, it's just sort of making that managed route look more and more attractive um, by padding that out with all of the things you're doing anyway. Um, And that DIY service starts to fall along the way because it it doesn't look that desirable anymore when it's only a little bit more to actually have your property managed on an annual basis. So just just really think about, um, you know, restructuring those services and adjusting where things do to sort of make one or the other look better. And as Sally says, if you don't offer that top layer, then you'll never have anyone buy it. So
2: give it a go. Okay, so we're on the last point, number six. Okay, so point number six is how do you get your team to be really pulling and driving with you? Now, we've all got Roper coming in. Around 2024, they're saying that Roper is going to be in. We don't know exactly yet, but roughly that's about the timescale, which means staff is going to become really, really important. Now, it's important anyway, because a business doesn't exist if you haven't got a good team around you. And of course, you want to build a whole team of A players. And that's really important. But how do you do that? It's really difficult. And quite often we hire people and then we end up doing the job ourselves. And it's frustrating can be really, really difficult. Now, one of the things to think about is have you really embraced your team and helped them to see the vision and the future and how it looks with you? And one of the things I love doing, I call it – it's a bit of a crazy name, but I call it Horizon Riser – and it's really just taking your dream, your vision, your future, where you want to take the business, and then asking them where they see themselves in that and where they'd like to be. And it's quite interesting, some of the answers you get back. Now, some people are big dreamers, and they say, I want to be earning a quarter of a million a year. I want to be a branch manager. I want to be a regional manager. I want to be this. And you get some people that go, i, I just like to you yeah, know, maybe have a new computer. <laughs> so you will get all range of answers from this. But I think it's really useful to actually engage with your staff and see what their dreams are, see what they want to achieve and see how they fit into your plans because if they say oh I want to be a branch manager I want to be a regional say, that's brilliant because I want to have more branches and I'm going to need regional managers I'm going to need trainers I'm going to need you know I'm going to need people directors with me as well I'm happy to work with you on that and then really work with them now of course there's going to be a lot of work between point a and point b so they might need to I don't know whatever they need to do they might learn to drive or they might need to learn management skills or they they might need to learn marketing or whatever it is I don't know but you're going to be working with them on developing their skills and all like I can say after 30 years in business. The people that sit on my board now are people that have been with me a long time. And so it works to get the people with you from the early days and just work with them and nurture them. Because the number one most valuable thing you need in the senior team as your business gets bigger is trust. And it's really hard to get that trust when you just bring people in from outside. So really work on that trust, really get people that you've been with you right from the grassroots and worked up and nurture them rather than recruiting in. I've recruited a few uh, big salaries and big roles and I'll be honest, it's not been brilliant. Um, most of my success has come from bringing people through the ranks over the years. So that's just my opinion. Um, but really start working on your staff and really start bringing them into the vision, bringing them into the picture so that they're building the business with you. Because if they're working towards their dream, they're also working towards your dream and you're working towards a common goal. And uh, that will really make a difference. If you've got four, five, six people pulling together in the same direction, it's a very different business If you've got than if you've got six people just turning up for work Whilst you're pulling in that one direction. So my number one top tip for staff is bring them on board with the vision and the dream, and um, work out what their vision and dream is, tie it into yours, and go on this journey together. And that's it. So There we are. Six points. Number one, lead generation, automate, and you know, as, automate as much as you can. Get some funnels in place. Really get those leads drive. We can get two to three hundred leads a month using automation. Some have had a lot more than that as well. But just get that automation in place. Number two, conversions. Start training your sales team on different styles, different techniques, different languages, different conversions, let only to fully manage is a big one at the moment, buy to let investor landlords, etc. Start thinking of the different language, different tools that they need to convert. Uh, Fees, Hourly rate, understand your hourly rate and how these favours cost you and these free things that you're doing cost you. They're not free. They are costing you, and therefore they should be charged for or not done, depending on whether you're you're covered for that as well. Additional services, start looking at how you can side sell and upsell and add additional services, probably things you're doing for free now. You're probably helping people buy properties now for free and maybe even refurbing properties for free. But start thinking about how you can add additional services and charge for those additional services as well. Um, additional layers, that VIP Savoy layer, you know, just to, to deal with your clients that are really high level clients and really want that additional service. That's fine, but they can pay for it. And they're quite often happy to pay for it because they want to be a little bit special. Uh, and also as well, finally, staff, get your team on board, get your A players on board and get, take them on the journey with you. And there we are. There's our six top tips for how to grow the profit in your letting agency. Hope that was useful, Tom
1: extremely useful and i've had to sort of sit on my hands to not bring myself off mute to uh, start <laughs> asking questions already but uh what just sort of a premise that sort of runs throughout the whole of that webinar that um you're going to hear me geek out very slightly quickly is just um the parallels you talk about business hacking and looking at other industries and sort of bringing it into um uh, sort of uh, real estate and uh a lot of what you're discussing there is customer success and whether or not I agree with customer success in terms of how it's named. Uh, my mum definitely doesn't. She thinks it's a, a, a very Americanism. Um, it, it, it's really pulling on a lot of what you're talking about. And it's about um, looking at actually what, what, what can you do within your business right now, in addition to going out and winning more business. And uh, uh, something that I find uh, extraordinary is Salesforce, again, different industry, but um, has, has, has uh, lots of overlap. Uh, they, they will um, ask their sort of uh, head of customer success uh, to go out uh, with, a, with an 8 billion uh, target in terms of revenue. And they ask their new sales to go out with 2 billion. And what they're basically saying there is, you can't forget, uh, you know, in, 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 this, in this example, the landlords that you've already got and the opportunity and value that there is there with them. Uh, and uh, uh, that that pot of gold that you're talking about sitting on uh, that already exists within your management uh, sort of portfolios is 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 absolutely so true. This
0: is the difference because people always talk about new landlords. We must get new landlords, new leads, new stuff. But actually, you've already got a big pot of of warm customers there. You've already got people that already, even if they're only less only, they chose you. They may not have gone all the way or what you wanted, but they are still they still chose you. So you're absolutely right. It, they're definitely much hotter and warmer leads to work on than just going straight out cold into the market.
1: Absolutely, and they're recurring revenue for you as well. You know, as long as you're providing the level of service and constantly uh, driving uh, against uh, driving value against the reason they joined you in the first place, then you can basically bank on them being there and helping sort of create that foundation within your business and, and stabilize uh, to, to to sort of give you the revenue to go out and win more landlords and put them into that uh, into that funnel.
2: And when you generate um, more revenue you generate more profit, um, life is easier. You can deliver a better service. You can offer more. You can pay your staff more. You can build a better business. You can have better environments. There's so much more you can do if you build profit. So it's not just about cash in the bank. It's about what you can do with that profit as well.
1: Absolutely. Um, you, uh, We've got a, a few minutes to ask some questions, if that's OK, uh, that have come in uh, from uh, the viewers. Uh, the, the first I've got is just... Quickly, we are talking about sort of the, the, the price increase, uh, obviously, uh, or increasing fees, sorry, obviously, uh, some people are sat on big management uh, portfolios. How, have you got any examples of where you've seen agents go and sort of demonstrate why they're doing a fee increase, you know, all the change legislation, the actual work we're doing at, at scale?
2: Yes. I mean, Sue Gidney came to us. I think she had about 1,200 properties under management at the time. She went out and she increased her margins, which I think she increased about half a percent the first time because she, her staff talked her out of doing 2%. Um, she then went on to start charging for inspections, inventories, check-ins, check-outs, deposit registrations, everything else. Uh, to cut a long story short, she generated over 2 million in revenue. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's one example. Uh, we've also got Anne Harrod, CGT. Uh, she had a five agency branch down the Cheltenham area. I think there were about 900 properties from memory at the top of my head. So I'm not prepared for that question. So I don't have the exact numbers, but it was about 900. Um, and she went out and again, increased margins and then did exactly the same, started charging inspections, images, check, checkouts, deposit, registration, all that sort of stuff. She added £527,000 in revenue to the business in just nine months. I mean those two that come off the top of my head. There's loads more, but those are the if you talk as big, big, big businesses, then those are yeah. two that come off.
1: A- absolutely. And and in 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 how they approach that, would that have been a mixture of doing it by a sort of email, in person, on the phone? So what are the what are the best ways to sort of divide and conquer if that makes that's sense?
2: That's a big question. It might take a day to teach that. But um <laughs> normally, you know, you have to write to your landlords either how you normally communicate. So either a letter, if you normally communicate by letter, or most of us do email these days. And no, just like you do when you get your mobile phone notifications, your fees are going up, the electricity board, your fees are going up, the council tax fees are going up. You just say due to increased legislation and increased workload and the changes that have gone on in the environment, unfortunately, we cannot continue to maintain this fee. We're now going to have to charge you X. In our experience about... Two to 3% of the landlords will come back and say, I don't agree. And it's always the landlords you know are going to come back and disagree. You've got them in your mind before you send the letter. They're going to come back and they're going to say to you, I don't agree. You would then have a conversation with them and you would say things like, you know, uh, okay, you can either agree talk them through it and just say this is the reasons why we've got all these extra things we have to do now blah 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 and you're talking through all the change legislation all the increased workload that you've had and everything else and if they're still not buying it you could then say well okay we'll keep it as it is until the next tenancy or we'll go 50 50 with it. you just negotiate basically so but if you think if you've got a thousand landlords and you get like 20 or 30 object but you know 970 a fine you've just made yourself a lot of money i mean even small businesses going out and doing a two or three percent increase i've seen some people do five percent but mostly it's two or three percent increase on the monthly margins, um, they can make 50, 60, 70, 80,000 eighty thousand pound pretty much straight away just by doing that on, a, on an annual basis. So what
0: people that's just one do is way they stop themselves from doing it because they'll hear the voice of the one or two landlords that will probably object, um, and so it stops them from doing it. So it's it's better to do it on mass on a larger scale because otherwise you're tempted to cherry pick and go, oh no, not we can't not Mister Smith, oh no we can't do it to Rita, oh no, you know. And and actually those are the ones that when you worked out your hourly cost and what you're doing. And everything like that that are actually costing you money to run that property rather than actually making you money. So, you know, it's definitely best to. Well, we say five o'clock on a Friday, don't we, Sal? Send the email, go home, have a drink, turn it off, brace <laughs> yourself for Monday right. morning. But you know, it, it, if you lose two to three percent on a large scale volume, that is, you, it, it's it's worth it. You know,
1: yeah, absolutely. And and I think um, Kath, Catherine's asked a question uh, in in the chat just around how you approach that that change management piece, especially with longstanding clients that maybe came in when you were offering discounted prices to really try and get the business growing, et cetera. And I think, I think for, for me, there there does there does come a point where you do the cost analysis piece that that uh Sally you were talking about earlier and you say, do you do you know what? Like we we're, we're increasing our prices because we are increasing our value. And if you don't feel that way, then maybe you are not the right customer for us anymore. Mm-hmm. And you might lose two, three, four landlords. And that shouldn't be seen as the end of the world if you're generating £100,000 more revenue from the 2% uplift you've had on uh, sort of 20% going onto your VIP package
2: the other way to look at it is um, if they've been with you a long time what legislation has increased I mean just the deregulation act alone and with the how to rent guide testing the smoke alarm on the day of moving and the serving of notices and the proof that you've served the gas cert, and you start looking at the HHSRS the homes and fitness standard and you start looking at the EPC regulations and all the immigration act checks that we have to do all those things are additional things we've consumed as work And very few letting agents are charging for those. Now, you flip this round and go to your accountant, and let's say the government says, right now we have to have a new tax return, like a wealth tax that has to be done like they do in Spain. Um, Is your accountant going to say, oh, don't worry, I'll do that for you for free? Of course they're not. They're not going to do it for free. So why do we go and test the smoke alarm on the day I move in and do all the immigration texts and risk going to jail and the £3,000 fine and everything else that we risk when this legislation comes in? So the reason you're having to do it is because since they signed up, there's been a raft of legislation which has made your work so much harder than what it was. There's no way you can charge the same money. There's no other business that will allow their costs to go up and their workload to go up and charge less. There's just no other business that will do that. It's crazy that we do, yeah. But we as, just consume as, all this
1: stuff, don't we? We we do, and I, I think um, part of that is is about knowledge and understanding of what is going on and how much is changing. And uh, something as simple as uh, I'm not sure how many people sort of viewing have uh, monthly landlord letters that go out just to explain what actually is moving and changing within the industry, which means that more work and more value is actually being uh, sort of received by them uh, as a result of, of of the work you're doing. And I think. Touch points are are really important, making sure that once a landlord comes on and signs their terms of business, they're not just forgotten about and you're Mm. constantly reiterating exactly what it is you're doing. That will make any conversations much easier because you can go back and say, here's what it is when you started and here are all the things we've added and we're only asking for a certain amount more just to make sure that you're continuing uh, to yeah, that,
0: that sort of perception that all we do is sort of print a piece of paper and have it signed and put it in a file somewhere it is partly our fault because we don't go out there and actually say what it is that we're doing or, or you know, what how important it is or, or the list of legislation or, you know, the times where what we've done has, you know, saved lives or things like that. You know, we don't do that enough. You're absolutely quite right. The reason that a lot of people don't know what they're paying for or don't see the value in it is because we haven't we haven't said, we haven't told them. Mm,
1: exactly. Um, I've, got a, I've got a question here from, from Janice, uh, loving the idea of the VIP service, but how do you make sure that those that don't opt into it still feel like very important people?
2: Well, I think you, the, the service that you have now is the service that you have now. And I'm sure that you're making your landlords feel like very important people. Um, the difference with the VIP layer is you add a little bit extra. So if you just think about your clients and customers, you've got people that really want a lot from you. And you've got those that you never really hear of. And your middle layer service is the standard service. Your VIP is the Person that needs more, so they're the ones that want to have a quarterly meeting with you. They're the ones that want you to go around their properties and do a portfolio review. They're the ones that want you to talk to their accountant and explain all the maintenance invoices. They're the ones that want that extra service. It's a bit like premier banking. You know, there's the the banking clients, but then there's the premier banking clients. And if you're a premier banking clients, you have a different phone number. You get through faster. You don't have to go through all the security. Um, you get different things. They throw in travel insurance and all those sort of different things. What can you do? To to, to make it feel like a VIP layer. and So you just offer a different level. Some people will not pay for that. They say, oh, I don't need that. I don't, I don't need you to do that. What it does do, in addition to giving the opportunity for people that are prepared to pay for it to get that level of service, is it will also make people that aren't prepared to pay for it recognize they can't ask for that. Because what we find is that you end up charging someone 10%. And then they want to have a meeting with you and then a quarterly review with you. And they want you to go to the property and they want you to speak to their accountant. And you want to do this and then, crikey, this is taking hours. I can remember sacking a landlord once because he wanted to have a, a monthly meeting with me. It took half a day every single month to go through all of his properties. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, I just cannot justifiably afford to do this for you. I need to charge. Um, it was just absolutely crazy. And the Leander said, I'm sorry, I can't work for you. It's just you're too needy. And it, that was a long, long time ago. Now I'd be like, right, how do you want to pay? But it's a different world, a different time. But, you know, some people want it, some people don't. And if you do want it, then pay for it. That's how business works. It's just like it's business- right when you
0: travel, it's the same thing as traveling again, because it's a great analogy for this. But, you know, when you, you buy the fast pass where you can get on the plane first, you know, and then those people get called up and you get to go on the plane and then the big queue forms in the next one. It, people who have a regular ticket don't get in that lane because that's they know they haven't paid for that, you know, um, and it, it does help, you know, I'm not going to ask you to go and sit and wait for British Gas because that's not part of the service I've got. The problem is, is we've packaged everything together and fully management so there's no actual definition of what it is that you've got so even if it just does that um I don't think that on a plane sitting in economy I don't feel any less important than sitting in first class but I'm just getting what I've paid for um, and it's very you know very distinctly drawn out we just don't do that so in much fact, you,
2: you think about it you, you I know when we came back from Nashville last year you know you, we were in the premium economy and there was business it was first or business class in front of us and all these nice bottles of wine were going past it was like come back come back <laughs> so there is there is a bit of jealousy but the um the jealousy is part of the upsell isn't it yeah. the mm-hmm. fact that you're thinking well why are they getting that and why are they are getting that that's the upsell so well you can have that too so if you want it's an extra five percent then then you'll get this 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 rather than going no I'm not going to do that for you you say yeah I can do that for you too but you'd have to pay the same as what they're paying so the jealousy is part of the sell so I know what you're saying there's not a massive jealousy because you accept that you haven't paid for it but there is a bit of a Mm. i'd much rather have those things yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong i'd much rather
1: Oh, I, th- I think the 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 irony but also uh proof in the pudding with that analogy is that if you extend it to ryanair i don't know anyone that doesn't pay for speedy boarding now and so it's ultimately become an additional service
2: <laughs> oh i think we've lost tom there we've lost, lost, lost the sound tom <laughs> <He's> still going. <laughs> yeah. Ryanair's a challenge, isn't it? I mean, if you don't pay for speedy boarding, you don't really get a seat.
0: <laughs> I feel like now actually you'd probably not pay for it and then you'd uh, exactly. actually be in the smaller queue. So perhaps that's that's the answer back, you back, Tom, you cut off, there you disappeared.
1: Oh, sorry. Hey, um I um uh, well, uh, well, with cutting off, perhaps this is uh, the 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 right time to just start to wrap up. But before I do, I just want to say a huge thank you, Sally and Kate. That was Unbelievably interesting. Um, I, there are a few few uh, comments in in the chat. The recording for this will be sent round afterwards, so you will be able to rewatch it, share it with uh, your staff, get them to rewatch it. Uh, kind of in line with point six, make sure that everyone's on that on board with this sort of vision of driving uh, profit and revenue into the business, so that you can all um, be successful together. Uh, just just before I do wrap up, just want to talk to everyone about an ebook that we've launched today. Uh, this uh, is really hot off the press. Um, we, uh, for those of you that aren't aware, we sort of try to get ebooks out uh, once sort of every quarter, every half year, and they're all around sort of the ideas that we've spoken today. How do we, how do we help letting agents drive more into their business? This is specifically sort of around being agile uh, with the approach to business, so you can adapt to challenges uh, more quickly. And my goodness, have we had uh, a whole load of challenges thrown our way uh, this year? um my favorite my favorite chapter is actually chapter six it's all around data so it's all about how the importance of data how you understand it leverage it uh to sort of drive influence within the industry so um please please check it out but you can also book a call with good lord to come and see how we might be able to help you uh drive profit in uh in almost all of those ways actually uh be it streamlining and and giving you more time to go out and and practice some of these things or by uh, sort of providing you with some of the uh, additional revenue opportunities uh, that we can bolt on uh, as extras as well. Uh, Just going to say thank you again, Sally and Kate. That was awesome. I definitely get the app and deck thing now. um, And uh, hopefully we'll be able to do more of these in the future.
0: Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Another big thank you to Sally and Kate for sharing their advice with us. We'll be back with a new podcast in a couple of weeks. But don't forget, in the meantime, you can visit us at goodlord.co slash newsagent. You'll find webinars, ebooks, the latest data on the lettings industry, and more. So don't forget to check us out. See you next time.